Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the Yahoo Sports College Podcast with Dan Wetzel. Jeez, you are a communist. <laughs> he, you, should be, you should be the NBA uh, commissioner of the NBA with this stance. <laughs> Pete Thamel. It is my single favorite college football, regular season college football game to attend. It's not even close. I love the Red River Sheep. And Pat Forty. There's a college football credo. Yeah. It's never too <laughs> early to shoot somebody. And here's Dan. All right, welcome to the podcast. It's Red River Shootout Week. It's really all I need to say. And I know it's not the Red River Shootout. It's the Red River Showdown. Yeah. Snowflakes come to the <laughs> Texas-Oklahoma border. <laughs> I don't even know if it's true that they changed the name from the Red River Shootout to the Red River Rivalry for a little while. Yeah. Because they didn't want to encourage Texas and Oklahoma fans from shooting each other. <laughs> but I'm going with it. It starts at 11 a.m. That's like too early to shoot anyone. I think the shooting happens the night before. Oh, yeah. Typical a lot happens the night before. A lot. Never too early to shoot somebody. <laughs> There's a college football credo. Yeah. It's never too early to shoot somebody. Someone's got to get got for rooting for the wrong team, then they got to get got. <laughs> <laughs> they changed it to the Red River Rivalry, but everyone hated that. Now it's the Red River Showdown, but not here. Old school. No. This is the OG podcast, and we are, uh, we're going with Red River Shootout, Armed and Dangerous, number six, <laughs> Oklahoma, number 11, Texas. Is OG stand for just old guys? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, if Snoop Dogg can still get paid to work Kansas Midnight Madness. <laughs> Good God, man. Snoop Dogg was hot when I was in college. <laughs> Game is played in the Cotton Bowl for those, the uninitiated. Game is played in the Cotton Bowl. Smack dab in the middle of the Texas State Fair, which is just a, just a, a state fairs go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not an expert on attending state fairs. You might. Might be surprised to know, but I don't think they get any bigger than Texas. I remember first reading about this game. You know, there's all this uh, when when back like the idea of this game, a Dan Jenkins story in Sports Illustrated when I was a kid about the, the, the <laughs> this thing. And basically half the story was just him. Uh, those people getting drunk. 
It's an accurate story then, an accurate story. I remember of the reading rivalry. this thing when I was about 12, like my eyes popping out of my head, like total different <laughs> era of the world, right? Yeah. Like, what the hell is this? Like, they got this game and half the crowd didn't make any sense. Uh, Mer- I have attended a few. I know you guys have attended a bunch. I know. Is anyone going? Who's going to this thing? Anyone? Peter Thamel. I am. Peter Thamel. It going. is my All single right. favorite college football, regular season college football game to attend. It's not even close. I love the Red River Shootout. Love it. It is a blast. It's it just, is a blast. It's just awesome. Like you sit there and yeah, you got one. It's like uh, it's it's like when you buy ice cream with two flavors and it's cut like right down the middle. You got one <laughs> side, you got the other side. I do feel like, especially in this contrived conference realignment world, more sirens for you, Dan. Um, oh, cops are back. Yep. yep. Fires in Southie. <laughs> Fires in Southie. <laughs> what does Jeremy Pruitt think of this? Huh? Do, you, do, do your, your civic, civic duty, duty, man. Do your civic duty, man. <laughs> Best quote of the year. Yeah. We'll get more to Jeremy a little later, but that is over. Last year was okay, cool, hook them. Yeah. This year, do your civic duty, man. <laughs> Do you think Alabama fans on Saturday night at that nine o'clock uh, tip are going to have signs that say, do your civic duty, Nick? <laughs> win, <laughs> win 72 to nothing. <laughs> I like the other part. His other quote. Why do you have to arrest him? Just because he has a warrant? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, law professor you know. Jeremy Pruitt. Jer- yes, yes. Jeremy <laughs> Pruitt's just defense like- attorney. Yes. Jeremy Pruitt. Yes, that is what a warrant for an arrest means. He's been like the, <laughs> the caricature of if the Hoover High coach becomes the SEC head coach. Like it's, yeah. it's, a, it's like been a Saturday Night Live skit his whole tenure. But this is like if you wrote this into the movie script, people would be like, nah, he's not dumb enough to say that. To a cop. You know what? We have gotten. I'm going to just push ahead. We will get to the Red River shootout, but this Jeremy Pruitt story. <laughs> yeah, just go with that. Man. I didn't just mean to get it. to it, but it, it's just too good. Jeremy Banks is a, a player for uh, Tennessee. <laughs> former he player. Got arrest- now. Not former player. Yeah. Well, he was arrested on an outstanding traffic warrant, which is unfortunate because his behavior when dealing with the police really caused more problems. I, I don't know. You throw someone off the team for a traffic warrant. No I mean, way. You, you no. Throw, I mean, maybe don't make but, him game captain. Can he play? Yeah. That, there's, there's, I mean, one, there's, there's one question to ask. How good is he? Yeah. Right. But he got, uh, he was recorded saying a lot of stuff you shouldn't say. What would you do without that badge, though? That's all I want to know. He asked an officer. Y'all wouldn't want to see me without that badge. I should have run, tested y'all speed. Y'all never would have caught me. That's what I should have did. Next time I, I am, I promise, never again, y'all boys take me to jail, not UT police, okay? I'm guessing Banks could outrun well, the UT police, but... <laughs> and um, the, the money quote, where I come from, we shoot cops. Yes, yes. I'm from yeah. Memphis, Tennessee, right? Yes. Yeah. Actually, yeah. no police in Tennessee have been shot Memphis lately, fortunately. So anyway, this is... Deeply disturbing and absolutely wrong. And I mean, God, the guy, the, the police officer is merely pulling a guy over and, and doing his job. I mean, this isn't even this is ridiculous. But in the call in, during the bid, he decides to call Banks, decides to call Jeremy Pruitt, the Tennessee football coach, who, of course, answers and starts talking to the officer. Pruitt told the officer, quote, thought Banks. This is all according to the Knoxville News. I have not transcribed this thing, but thought Banks had paid the ticket. And asked the officer, why do you have to arrest him 
just because he has a warrant? <laughs> Uh, the officer explained he was legally obligated to arrest warrant because uh, banks because of the warrant. I mean, this I, I don't know how stupid you can be. This is mm-hmm. yeah, Pruitt. This is the silliest blank I've ever seen in my life. So this is he's saying this to the cop. I've got it. I understand. I've worked at four places and I ain't ever had no crap like this except for here because the people usually say, "Hey, something's not right here." Okay, so we'll stop there. First off, he's basically saying, including Alabama, mm-hmm. that the cops are in the bag for the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what he's saying. Work? Yes, exactly what yes. he's saying. Yeah, it's quite an accusation. <laughs> Probably true. But who knows? But, but again, like you're swearing at the cop. Really? Like you're the yeah. you're the coach. You're the coach. OK, I don't think we need this. Then he says, go ahead. Do your civic duty, man. <laughs> now, Banks is gone. Pruitt. Is still there. I don't know. I don't know if you throw Pruitt out, but a suspension, anything, anybody troubled by this? Are we just upset because he's a terrible coach? <laughs> well, that's the thing. This is the head know. coach. The head coach. You get paid like millions. Yeah. Mouthing off to the cop. If his record were flipped, we'd be talking about overzealous police. But it's not. So, you know, no, that that's 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 the mindset. It could be the fan mindset of this. But I mean, no, this, this, I think this is embarrassing, disgraceful stuff from the coach. I mean, you involve yourself with law enforcement uh, at your peril, theoretically, and respectfully, you would hope, and this is, this is not that, if the cop especially seems, you know, the cop was not in any way belligerent, confrontational with either the player or with Pruitt on the phone. Right. This is one more example of why Jeremy Pruitt wasn't ready to be a head coach, is handling situations like this. Yeah. And, I mean, and his boss is Phil Fulmer, who had scores of guys arrested during his uh, during his time there. I mean, remember that the website <laughs> Every Day Should Be Saturday actually gave up the Fulmer Cup every year. <laughs> In honor of, oh, yeah. yes, it was like it was, awesome. a, cer- it was like a <laughs> ceremonial award because so many Tennessee players were so consistent. There is it. They basically Philip Fulmer was the Heisman, <laughs> yes, for basically programs out of control. They would tally up the number of yeah. arrests yes. over the course of a year, yeah, yeah. and Great whatever school. team got the most won the Fulmer Cup. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I think Fulmer knows how the warrant process works. Yes. <laughs> so you have an AD who's like tenure is a paragon for malfeasance when he was the coach. He's now in charge, right? And now you have a coach who just clearly, like, I really thought that, like, I've been at four other places, quote. I thought that was a searing window into the mindset of, like, this powerful SEC coach. Like, there was no consequence for my players. There was no, you know, all that crap when you go in these facilities and read on the walls, you know, treat women with respect. No, this is like, why are you arresting my linebacker? What he did wasn't all that wrong. Why aren't you working with me? It was a just a, like, crystal clear window into the meathead machismo SEC head coach mentality. Completely fascinating because clearly at other places it didn't work this way. Alabama, Georgia, and Florida State. Also West Alabama. Yeah, right. I don't think it Uh, worked at West Alabama, but basically Alabama, (laughs) Florida State, and Georgia. Georgia was renowned for the campus cops busting players, though. I mean, you, you couldn't 
turn, make an illegal left turn on your moped without getting arrested there for a while. I don't know whether how long it lasted, but for a while under Mark Richt, the, the, there was a renowned uh, conflict or tension, I guess, between both Athens and UGA cops and the football program. Well, and then Florida State was just the opposite, Pat. Remember that? Oh, you, oh yes, it was. Yeah. Oh, yes, it Yeah, was. you guys were well, there. We, Pat, yeah. yeah, we worked on the Jameis case. Yeah. Good God. Oh, yeah. yeah. Remember that? Remember the prosecutor? The prosecutor's like, this is just a <laughs> He swears like it's a cause of a blank show. Like, what? <laughs> there's no report. Like, what am I supposed to do? I can't charge right. the guy. Nobody investigated. Yeah. Yeah, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, the New York Times did that really long series about the relationship between the programs and the cops where, like, they, yeah. they, I don't want to say payoff is a strong word, but all these cops had this, like, you know, really, really high number dollar per hour game day duty to guard the teams and the coaches. There was just this clear quid yeah. quo pro relationship that allowed, uh, that allowed all this stuff to happen. Yeah. No, it, 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 I have no doubt he was thinking about Florida State. When he was when he was referencing that from all the things that came up during uh, the Jameis Winston era. Yeah, he's trying to guilt trip the Tennessee cop for not being all in on the Vols the way <laughs> they right. are. And he's uh, that's why we're losing. That's right. That's why we're one and four, one and five or whatever, yeah. because the cops aren't helping. This is, and you know, <laughs> last week we spent a lot of time talking about this, this the NC, uh, the uh, California bill coming down the NCA and the NCA. All these coaches' responses, these people don't understand amateur athletics and all this. This is one of the reasons that nobody listens to the NCAA's argument or college sports leaders' arguments anymore. Because they, we teach, we're a molder of young men and we're teaching values and stuff. And it's like, eh, here's your head coach basically berating a cop or arguing with a cop and trying to get out and saying it happens elsewhere. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. You know, maybe not. Right there, Dan is exactly my problem with college sports. I mean, I love it. I cover it. But my biggest problem is we have to listen to so much crap that is so obviously not true, and they expect us to buy it. That's why, you know, why did people, why do you care about the, the basketball scandal? Because everybody tells us we're doing it above board, and nobody's doing it above board. Why do you care about the UNC academic scandal? Because everybody says we hold academics at the highest level, but we're cheating that like hell down here to keep them eligible or to get them in. That's why. That's my thing. All right. The kids, it's like, well, the kids get an education. Well, actually, no, they're put into garbage <laughs> classes. They don't do any work. They don't get anything. That's right. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 just it. Anyway, also in UT News, uh, Coach Fulmer, who we've been predicting, would, would take the job, uh, become the interim head coach after the, uh, I think we even predicted the Alabama whoop down. It's a night game, and Alabama gets to show off their LED lighting. Finally, uh, no more 11 a.m. starts and they're probably going to whip up on him. And then we predicted Coach Fulmer would come in and uh, coach the team the rest of the way and then pick a new coach. We're not sure. Coach Fulmer in an uh, interview with Rivals says coaching chapter of my life is long closed. I love what I'm doing at UT, but I love more being with my family and grandchildren. We've got a really good coach. We need to make sure we appreciate him. I think one sentence here is true in that paragraph, and the rest are lies. I'm guessing he does love being – he loves being with his family and grandchildren. So, anyway, well, he's standing by Coach Pruitt. Anyway, the player gone, Coach Pruitt, not so much. He's he's okay, yeah. I guess. Anyway, All right, let's get back to Texas. Let's get back to crime that could happen. <laughs> Undoubtedly will happen. Is this, uh, mercifully, this game has never been moved to Jerry World. So anyone who knows about this game, it doesn't know about the game. Game is played in the middle of the Texas State Fair, which just 
East. It's held around the Cotton Bowl. It's just east of downtown Dallas. The weekend is total mayhem in Dallas. Dallas is halfway between Texas and Norman, roughly. Obviously, a ton of Oklahoma alums in 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 uh, Metroplex, and uh, and they come down for the weekend. It is a it is a wild party, and then they play this thing, and then you can go back out into the state fair and go. I don't know. It, the party is basically it's not a tailgate, it's not a cocktail party. It is a weekend. It is a full weekend of mayhem. Is this this is the question? I don't want to talk about who's going to win the game yet, but is this the drunkest college football game? Not involving LSU. Pat, what do you think? I, I guess. I think it wins that prize. Texas is back, folks. And that is a heck of a prize. I mean, I've been there and covered it many times. I've actually got friends who come in almost every year for both teams. By noon Friday, get your drink on. Look out, everybody. I mean, it is no holds barred. You see people come, <laughs> unloading their cars at the hotels and... Full go, full tilt, full go all day Friday. Trash talk back and forth. Pete, I'm sure you're familiar with it. The Hilton Anatole to me is oh, one of yeah. my favorite scenes on Friday night where it is, you know, everybody is smashed. Yeah. And everybody's talking trash and staggering around and, you know, coming wobbling in at two in the morning from wherever they've been. And, and then somehow they rally and do it again the next morning. I said that th- th- there's a lot about this weekend that is like the uh, the Kentucky Derby weekend, where it's an absolute test of endurance. You go crazy on Friday, and then you get up and say, you got to do it again Saturday. And you see people by Saturday night, and I mean, they have been through the ringer. <laughs> they are pro- probably sunburnt, undoubtedly drunk, on the way to hungover, either really angry or really happy about the outcome of the game. The only thing different from the Derby, there, there's no, well, there's not pervasive wagering like Oh, in the open. I'm sure there's plenty of wagering. But, and and one side's antagonistic towards the other side. In the Derby, everybody's just kind of happy. But uh, it is it is a great, great weekend if you can survive it. Sully, can you cut up Pat's comments and put, like, chariots of fire music behind him? <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Like, it's like a slow motion, like that, like, movie theater voiceover voice. It is a test of wills for both sides. <laughs> the drinking begins at dawn. <laughs> Only the strong survive the weekend. <laughs> and, and the losers scurry out of the Cotton Bowl. Oh, yeah. They run. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 If you got getting a blowout, then it's literally the funniest thing to look at because it's half a stadium is full. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Half is empty. because there's, it's yeah. just, And then there's just the poor band. Yeah. <laughs> and like that side of the cotton yeah. bowl is just just the band of the losing team. Yeah. Well, yeah, they don't they don't get the early dismissal. I, I don't yeah. know if I can set the stakes better than Pat did off the field. I feel like he's been waiting his whole life to do that. I don't think I can I don't think I can add any more drinking uh, or endurance color. Um, but I will say for a sports writer, it's a little bit of a dangerous Friday because, you know, all oh, we yeah. have to really do is show up on time, right? Like there, there's not a lot asked of us. Send a story and show up on time. When you have an 11 a.m. kick with all that frivolity the night before, there involves some discipline, which listeners of this <laughs> podcast will know is not exactly our specialty. <laughs> So you have to make a decision on Friday. Do I wade into the masses and then like 
duck out at 11.30? Never easy to do, especially when you lack willpower. Or do you just, like, shut it down and watch the bad Mountain West game and go to bed at 10 and get there at 9 a.m.? Because usually when you cover a game, you know, you show up two and a half hours before. I'm an early guy Hell at no. games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not me. Kickoff. Says yeah. kickoff's at 11. <laughs> I'm there at 10.59. What is you show up, or, you don't show up at your job early. <laughs> that's, <laughs> Pete, that's like people that give money to their yeah. alma mater. Yeah. Yeah, what the hell is this? God, Another sucker play. Yes. No, God forbid I like to get there early to talk to NFL scouts, see the athletic directors, see some coaches that's on the field. That's your problem. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. Clearly, clearly I'm doing it all wrong, as we know. So yeah. temptation lurks ahead of me in Dallas on Friday, and I don't have, I don't know which way I'm going to turn yet. <laughs> Like, I, I don't know. I'm rooting for hungover. <laughs> yes. I do yeah. know I do know that if I, you know, get an acai bowl and go to bed at 1030, that I will hear about it on Sunday from. Uh, yeah. Major podcast, kangaroo court fine. Yeah. Right no, yeah, I know. We will, there will be some overreaction on, on, on this. Yeah. <laughs> the, the angels and devils line right up on your shoulder on Friday night in, uh, in, in Dallas before, uh, before covering that game. I will say it is the rare game that we get to cover that you could actually, like, finish your job and like go to dinner at eight o'clock and obviously you got to watch games and sort of be ready for news to happen and everything but like you don't do that a lot so that was sort of what i was looking forward to maybe like trying to i don't know go to dinner somewhere after the game but yeah that's not very fun that does not involve like fried double stuffed oreos infused with tito's or whatever uh whatever else is around so but yeah fired up uh couldn't be more fired up for red river and the best part about like year two or is this year three of uh, yeah, year three of Herman versus Lincoln Riley, and they're, they've they've split them one and one. Is that we have some runway? We've got at least maybe if neither go to the NFL, five or six more of these. You know, like having Texas and Oklahoma locked in the top ten, both really good, both playing wide open football. Um, again, I know I get in trouble for talking about football too much on this podcast, but like that's it's going to be a heck of a game too as Texas was sort of sputtering through the Charlie Strong era and the twilight of Mac Brown the games really weren't that great there so anyway we have full throttle red river both sides going trash talk going chariots of fire levels of drinking yeah this is this is what college football is all about yeah, people always ask me what what trip to take for college football and 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 certainly people want to go on campus cuz it's sort of you know, it's just great to be on campus and these these historic buildings. Cotton Bowl is historic, but they don't really play very many games in there. But in terms of just a good time, particularly if you're a little older, like just being in one of these college towns, you can get you get old quick in college towns. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> you know, Dallas, it's easy to get to all of that. So I, I, I recommend it. All right. When you mentioned this, Pete, I'm going to actually jump in on this. The the food surrounding the game. The State Fair of Texas is fam famous for many things, including they're very creative, often deep fried, a kind of the carny food or whatever these little carts they have. The original food truck, if you will, back when it was just chintzy, not, not now a uh, high delicacy. So I want to play a little game of would you eat it? Always fun. Would you eat it? Simple yay or nay, but you can and do it. Uh, these are some from dallas.eater.com. These are the ridiculous fried foods that have been added to the lineup. Sully sent uh, the the best, but the, I would think we would all eat the best, like the Calypso Island shrimp bowl. Uh, yeah, why not, right? Sure. Yeah. You know the burnt end burrito. Yes. Ooh, oh yeah. boy, give me yeah, that. Not even that's not even a question. Fernie's fried burnt end. But what about these ones here? Deep fried energy bites. 
a deep-fried and chocolate-drizzled riff on the classic hippie snack that involves, quote-unquote, nutritious blend of peanut butter, chocolate, honey, oats, and coconut. Where is that nutritious, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> the O. Like the, the, o the O-line room? Is it, is it nutritious for, like, nose tackles? <laughs> Does Terrence Cody approve of that as nutritious? Is a coconut a, would, a, a fruit? Or a What is a coconut? A <laughs> Coconut's a fruit. It grows from a tree. See, there you go. Falls on the ground. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no, I shoot. I'd eat that in a hurry. Anything <laughs> with peanut butter and chocolate combined and throw some oats in, I'm on it. Absolutely. Pete, would you eat it? I guess of all the things, if I'm going to say I would eat in this exercise that's upcoming, I would probably eat that. <laughs> well, you don't know what's yeah. coming. You don't know what's well, coming. But, Dan, I don't think it's going to be deep-fried kale, right? <laughs> <laughs> we know. Yeah, we got to throw out the disclaimer that the Texas State Fair Food and Pete don't really get along in terms of theory. Pete, Pete's our classic uh, healthy, finicky type eater here. Sorry. Yeah. Well, there's uh, the, whole, the Whole Foods um, salad buffet, I'm sure, <laughs> if you get in the right Tony suburb of Dallas. All right, the loaded baked potato funnel cake. A savory twist on a classic funnel that's topped with bacon, chives, and traditional baked potato toppings. So is there a potato involved or no? I guess the funnel cake is just the potato. Huh. Well, yeah, I'm kind of iffy on that. You know, I mean, like, I I like baked potatoes, but I don't want a baked potato on a funnel cake or a funnel cake substituting as a baked potato. (laughs) Right. I think I would pass. Pass on that one. Yeah. Hard pass. I think I passed too. Yeah. Hard pass. Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't really do it. All right. Deep fried chicken cordon blue waffles. What? Yeah, this one's trying hard. Available at scrumptious pie shakes. I don't even know what this is. This is how fancy this is. I don't even know what this word is. Liege style. L-I-E-G-E. I don't know. Whatever. Waffle. Some kind of fancy yeah, waffle. Right. Stuffed yeah. with breaded chicken. Pros- prosciutto. And Swiss cheese, then drizzled with chipotle syrup. Mm. Hmm. Chicken cordon bleu. Anyone? Yeah. Would you eat it, Pat Forty? Well, of course. Absolutely, <laughs> I would. <clears throat> I'm down for chipotle anything. And, you know, chicken, bacon. Did you say bacon? Or no, prosciutto. That's even better. Prosciutto. Yeah, Fancy prosciutto. bacon. Yeah. yeah. Pete? I wouldn't eat it non-deep fried. D- deep frying it is just <laughs> like, yeah. That's, that's, that offends, that that offends the sensibilities. Is the prosciutto deep fried too? I don't know. A waffle stuffed. I don't know. Anyway, I don't want to fry prosciutto. No, uh, uh, this this would be probably not. I'd have to watch Pat eat it and see whether he liked it. <laughs> okay, the stuffed turkey leg. A classic turkey leg from fair stalwart Smokey John's that's stuffed with dirty rice, Cajun cream sauce, and grilled shrimp. <clears throat> oh my gosh. Give me two. Give yeah. me three. That sounds awesome. I, I'm in on that one. So why do you have to fry it? That sounds perfectly fine. Why do you have to deep fry it? You got to, you got to, you know, you have something to hold on stuffing in, right? You know, I don't you know that, that it's necessarily fried. Is this? Yeah, yeah, it is. The no. fr- most ridiculous yeah. fried foods. Okay. Yeah. You're a no pit you know. pee? I'm going to go no. Jeez, you yeah. are a communist. <laughs> <laughs> Pete, you should be you should be the NBA uh, commissioner of the NBA with this stance. <laughs> Just, come on, deep fried potato salad. Oh, the picnic classic gets a greasy upgrade because it wasn't greasy enough. 
at Pearly Southern Kitchen Shop there where potatoes, relish, eggs, and onion are mashed together, rolled in a ball, tossed in seasoning, and deep fried. Pete, I'm not even going to bother asking. Nope. I don't I don't even eat mayo, so never mind deep fried, a deep fried mayo nuclear bomb. <laughs> Says relish, not mayo, but I'm thinking. I'm thinking there's mayo in that, there. Yeah. Is that a Texas word for mayo? I don't know. <laughs> Pat, you're a resident Southerner. Yeah, that's, you know what? I, I Yeah, we have actually, there's one place in Louisville that has the best potato salad on earth i would hate to take a step down from that to this but i would certainly at least try it i, I absolutely no first way, of I'm all not. the prerequisite here is that you know like we're on yahoo expense account and they're paying for all of this so yes i'm trying everything <laughs> the deep fried potato salad i'm not that interested in i don't really like potato right. salad champagne jello hot shot okay there is alcohol so we got that a boozy drinkable option that includes champagne and chablis into a watermelon flavored jello shot that's topped with jalapeno slices <laughs> and then throw the jalapeno in there wow so champagne and chablis is a wine right oh. yeah what do i know yeah where's the bushel yeah. i want the bushel <laughs> <laughs> i get a bushel and a hamburger deep yeah. deep fried 72 pack <laughs> <laughs> look i'm not going to the texas state fair for chablis that's not happening, <laughs> you know. Uh, that's one I, I draw a line at that. I, I I want no champagne and no chablis at the Texas State Fair during OU Texas. No. Yeah, I, I don't. What, why are they throwing jalapenos on top of that? Like, come on. Like, like, you know, I, I don't know. No, I'd like zero chance I would try that. And where no. is it fried? Can you fry alcohol? Can you fry? Can you fry liquid? Like, I don't know. I, I <laughs> Dallas.eater.com is providing. I don't. <laughs> We have some source, some <laughs> questions about the source, the uh, the accuracy of our source. What a great name for our site. What's the name of your site? Dallas Eater. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The Fry Rub and Rye. This bizarrely named cocktail. This is apparently, I don't know. Is this French, French, deep fried? This bizarrely named cocktail is made with, quote, <laughs> like, I love when they're in quotes, wine-based whiskey. End quote. What? Then mixed, yeah. Then mixed with egg whites, lemon juice, and maple syrup, topped off with a mango infused beer. The cup is served in is the cup it is served in is dusted with barbecue rub and garnished with a fried pickle, an onion ring, and a stuffed <laughs> jalapeno popper. <laughs> so it's sort of a it's sort of a bloody mary. This might get you through the morning. I. <laughs> It's actually like every Friday's appetizer thrown into a drink. I mean, what, what the hell? I feel that like bizarre. I feel Eating like good in the a, neighborhood. There's a trend where they like put a meal on the top of a Bloody Mary now. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like right. a oh, yeah, chicken yeah. tender on top of a you know chicken wing <laughs> yeah. on top of used a, to be a pickle slice of bacon all like all like mm. speared and like put on top of the drink, and it's just like. Yeah, like a mozzarella stick gets chucked on there. And yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know. I, I like my drink and then I like my food next to my drink. Maybe I'm old fast. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that one. I'm, I'm passing on that. I, uh, I'm up. I like the big bloody Mary. I, the egg white drinking the egg white. I'm just not mm. sure about this. 
whiskey flavored wine. I don't, yeah, it's, I, it's way too extra. Who am I kidding? I drink it. <laughs> <laughs> if somebody sat it in front of you at the Texas State Fair, yes, you would. Okay. Now, speaking of drinking, uh, LSU has a home game. <laughs> Number seven, Florida visits. Pat picked against the Gators in the uh, the forty yard dash this week, which he meet. I mean, I'm gonna say high ranking Florida athletic official is like <laughs> he is a big fan or she, whoever it is, whoever deep it is. Gator. Gator don't play no. Shit. You you feel me? Gator never been about that. Never never been about playing no. Shit. Deep Gator. <laughs> deep Gator. Deep Gator reads your column quickly because Deep Gator immediately sent a group text with celebratory photo or something. Uh, because Deep you Gator picked has against a the Gators, gift game like like yeah, he'd been yeah. waiting, he'd been waiting for Pat to pick against the Gators all morning, and been like deciding he must have like an associate AD for gifts that like feeds him <laughs> yeah. celebratory gifts. That's how athletic departments have expanded. <laughs> he or she is uh, fully equipped to, to to come back with a gift for for every occasion. Clearly, Gator don't play no. Shit. Pat, thoughts on the Gators visiting the Tigers? Tigers are going to win. Sorry, Deep Gator. This is a really interesting game, though. Uh, this the rivalry has gotten good, man. I mean, there is some there's some spice to it now. There's some dislike. It goes back to the Hurricane uh, Matthew, I believe it was, when they had the cancellation. They wanted to move the games, and uh, Joe Oliva kind of got one over on the SEC, and and then they had uh, it, it was a, there was a lot going on back and forth. A lot of bad blood. And, both schools accusing the other one of dealing in bad faith. And then you, you throw in some basketball stuff, too. You know, some great games between those two schools this last year. Uh, one in the SEC tournament, and that was when Will Wade was suspended. And uh, there was uh, there was all kinds of recrimination going back and forth. They have butted heads in recruiting. So I'm excited for this game because there is just that extra animosity to it. But beyond that, I want to see LSU's incredibly high-powered offense, which we have never seen before from LSU, go up against a very good Florida defense. Florida leads the nation in takeaways, 17, I believe, 12 interceptions. Uh, let's match them up against those LSU receivers and against Joe Burrow and see who wins. Yeah, we've gone from like a decade of LSU being the epitome of offensive dysfunction, right? Like they had Odell Beckham and barely could use him. And then they had like six other guys who were starting a receiver in the NFL and they were sure they were good players and everything, but they they were never maximized. There was never a sense at the end of the season. You're like, man, LSU got the most out of those players. So we we've entered this bizarre universe the first half of the season where LSU has gone from this like portrait of offensive dysfunction to like now all of a sudden they're like the the standard bearer for offensive excellence in the sport. It has been such a radical, bizarre U-turn. Like when you see how it's like, is that really LSU? Like throwing those vertical yeah. routes down the field. Now, again, they have the talent. The receivers are a resplendent collection of big, long, strong, lean, fast, and everything like that. And they have now the quarterback, and they have the system to highlight them. But, like, there's still a little part of me that's like, hey, man, like, they can't be this good, right? Like, Joe Burrow was a good but not great SEC quarterback last year. He was a guy who could figure out how to get seven yards on fourth and six. But he was not this sort of soul-crushing Heisman candidate, first-round pick guy that we've seen. And the one thing is LSU has sort of done this death march through the early part of its schedule is that they have not faced a high-end defense yet. They have not gone against first-round corners like Florida has. They have not gone against 
the collection of talent Florida has combined with the acumen of the defensive coordinator, Todd Grantham, who now has, you know, half a season of film on Florida. And I'm, I'm really excited for that chess match because you have the young gun OC and Joe Brady who, you know, could end up, it should probably be a Broyles finalist at this point for what he's done. And then you have Grantham, the salty old hand who's been in the NFL, who's banged around the SEC and the ACC for decades. Like, can he come up with a way to disrupt this era of uh, offensive, uh, it, you know, infallibility? Like it's uh, it's been it's been mind bending what LSU's been able to do. So yeah, I'm really excited for uh, for, for that game on uh, on Saturday. If not, if only because at the end we may get a group text gif from uh, Deep Gator. <laughs> he or she? Yes. Huge game. Uh, the SEC has set itself up for just a great second half of this. Great. I mean, there's every, yes. there's a lot of really good teams fighting. And to get that, you know, one team certainly coming out, maybe two. But it is going to be a brawl now. Voiding a lot of upsets has created a really good race. And this is a this is certainly a big one as as we uh it doesn't necessarily knock either of these teams out. So LSU still gets Bama and can win the West. Florida gets Georgia and can win the East. But it really puts you on the brink if you don't. I want to get to another uh, deal here. This is a, a bracket. I don't know if you've heard of this bracket. for the March Madness, obviously. Time to fill out your bracket. I will. I enjoy any story from NPR that begins with this sentence. Who doesn't love big, fat bears? <laughs> okay, NPR. I don't really know any big, fat bears. I don't try not to get anywhere near bears. We My just thing, discourage but, them from coming on your first date. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> they, they could bore uh, you. Yeah, that, that, that was, was a, a bison. bison, man. That was a bison. bison. Sorry. Bison, Sorry. Yeah. I'm getting my antelope yeah. state park animals mixed up. Yeah. Forget well, Northeasterner. Yeah. So no. This is uh, Northeasterner. Alaska's Katmai National Park has a, has a thing called Fat Bear Week. <laughs> it is the, a kind of ursine March madness in October. <laughs> there are an estimated 2,000 bears. In the park and preserve a four million acre stretch of wilderness in southwest Alaska. Uh, each year, the bears spend the summer trying to get as fat as they can to prepare for hibernation. And in October, bear fans get to vote on who is the fattest of them all. <laughs> now, look at I will make fun of this, except I just spent like fifteen minutes playing "Would You Eat It?" State Fair of <laughs> Texas edition. So, <laughs> and you listen to it. So. <laughs> Who are we to judge, really? <laughs> uh, this thing is amazing. You can fill out your bracket. Now, we are taping this on the day of the final vote. No. So I do not know who is going no. to win. Fat Bear Tuesday. Finalists are 775 Lefty and 435 Holly. Now, I mean, it breaks down. There's all these different 480 Otis. 775 uh, Lefty beat 480 Otis. <laughs> 32 chunk and won the bear that was just called 747. I don't I, mean, I don't even know where they come up with these names. Is that Neither like an Elite job. 8 game at Anchorage Arena? <laughs> You've got to read this Facebook page. I mean, these people are into it. Here is Nathan Grant Grathwall. I've got Holly here by at least a few thousand votes. She's an absolute unit and has proven year in, year out, she knows how to bulk up with the best of them. This is apparently like the Kentucky Wildcats of, <laughs> of the Bear Week. We're getting a breakdown here. It's unbelievable. Mary Rebecca, this is the tough. This is a tough decision. I've been team lefty all the way, but Holly 
is unbelievably large. <laughs> decisions, decisions, I just can't decide. Mm. Linda Fly Henker, this vote is really difficult. Adore Lefty, but respect Holly. Can we declare <laughs> it a tie? How do they do this? Do they like declare it they, a tie? Is it just pictures of the bear? Oh, I guess I there mean, is. Maybe there's, is there video? Sometimes you can get video. Who will take like the that? crown? Holy cow. Lefty is a monster. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the Facebook page right now. There's on the, on the final four matchup, there's 529 comments and 495 shares. Like, <laughs> so basically they're doing better traffic than Yahoo Sports. Yes. My <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm crazy. voting yeah. lefty. Don't give our bosses any idea. We're going to have to start breaking them down. Anonymous breakdown is a fat bear week. <laughs> Look, Lefty clearly came through a tougher region. Yeah. Uh, much more, much more battle tested. Won the conference tournament. That's right. Hot bear at the right time. Lefty's the Zion Williamson of this thing. I got to vote Lefty. I'm going to vote. Got to vote. Yeah. You cast the cast our our collective vote. All right, I'm going to vote Lefty here. Yeah. I'm down right. with Lefty. If I can figure it out. During these divisive political times, at least we can all get behind Lefty. Fat bear week. I mean, good <laughs> God. I love it. Anything that yeah. goes to a bracket, I'm a sucker. Yeah, right. That's the all thing. Right. That's a sucker. Thing. Sucker for the bracket. So uh, anyway, check it out. Uh, sorry. Uh, next year, we will we'll do a better job oh, with we'll this. We'll be just, on top of it next year. It just came to my attention, fat bear week. Um, go go, Lefty. See, I will, we'll overreact to that on, on Sunday also. <laughs> Lefty got robbed. <laughs> All right. Race for the case. Pat 40 last week, you went three and three. How about that? I mean, that's like going undefeated for Pat this season. Yeah. <laughs> he tied, tied for first place on the around. week with me. I went three and three also. Pete, you went two, three, and one. Pete still leads... 19, 16, and one. I'm at 17 and 19. And Pat, you're at 12, 23, and one. So let's see. Can we do better? You're hearing footsteps. I know it. So I told Sully last week that when they, he puts the scoreboard gif up, we should have us three, and then we should have the opposite of Pat's picks. Because the opposite of Pat's picks would actually be winning handily, mind you, in the, uh, in, in the race for the case right now. So yeah, it's like, it doesn't rich. speak well for me or either of you. Correct. No, I mean, we're certainly not trying to bathe ourselves in, uh, in, in glory here. Yeah. Maybe we can get like a bizarro Pat, um, and, and somehow like, like, like whatever the opposite of Pat would be, um, and, and get like some kind of graphic. And then we could just put the opposite of Pat's picks and compete with them for the rest of the year. Cause I think that would be better competition than Pat's actual picks. Uh, oh. Sully's got a number of fun facts this week. So he's did some oh, work, uh, but right. the best one here is if you're listening to this on Wednesday, okay. Only on Wednesday, apparently because, uh, raging Cajuns are playing Appalachian state university of Louisiana. They don't like referring to Lafayette anymore. Nope. But Billy Napier's Raging Cajuns are the last undefeated team against the spread this year. They are 5-0. and That includes winning against the uh, the dental chairs, the fighting gentle chairs of uh, of Hugh Freeze yes. and, the, and Liberty. Uh, they're giving one and a half versus App State tonight. So if you get that. That's the Sunbelt Super Bowl, by the way. Winner is heavy, is. heavy favorite in the Sunbelt. No. <laughs> <laughs> Eli Drinkowitz has done a nice job at App State. They beat North Carolina on the road a couple weeks ago. I I know I know what I'm doing on Wednesday night, so it, it won't involve deep fried Chambly. <laughs>
The Sun Belt Super Bowl. Yes, it is the Sun Belt <laughs> Super Bowl. I, I I broke down the game in the dash. I wish I had called oh, you it that. Too. I'm, you I'm too. actually mad at myself. You have problems. You have problems. Well, we all know who the superior Sun Belt analyst is on this podcast, Pat. So, uh, sorry. Right. <laughs> all right. Well, you guys can pick. use that. Well, you can't use it for the uh, lock because we're already who'd you right. Anyway, who would you pick, but, Pat? Take a nap. Take a nap. All right. All yep. Right. Yep. App getting points. Undefeated app. To games anyone's heard of. Oklahoma okay. versus Texas, noon Eastern on Fox. Oklahoma has not covered the spread in the OU Texas game at the Cotton Bowl since 2012. Oklahoma's given 11. They're not going to cover it this time either. I, I think that is way too big a spread, especially just given the recent history of it, given Tom Herman as an underdog, given I, everything. I. I think Oklahoma wins, but I think this is a field goal game. At most, a touchdown game. So give me the horns and the points. Here I go. Having to agree with Pat again. Always demoralizing. But, yeah, 11's a huge number. It's almost like feels like a trap number a, a little bit. It does. O Oklahoma's really, obviously, really, really good. And uh, certainly we've seen this act before with Lincoln Riley and insurance for quarterback and everything. I don't feel like Oklahoma has been punched in the mouth yet. Um, so I like to sort of see how they react to a little bit of some of the exotic stuff Todd Orlando is going to do defensively. But, no, I think this is going to be a great game, and I think it is a, a three-point game either way. I, I do think Oklahoma wins a close game, though. I'd like to say horns down and go with Oklahoma, but I can't. Go in Texas. Okay, cool. Hook them. That's, that's too close of a game. Uh, all right. Bama giving 17 at Texas A&M. 330 Eastern on CBS. Aggies, a 17-point home dog. Pete, you're first. I think Alabama is going to win by 40. I think Texas A&M is the biggest fraud in college football right now. They're just not that good. There's been no empirical evidence that they're a good football team. So I think Bama is going to whack them on both sides of the ball. I think this is a complete run out. Kellen Mond has been mediocre all year. Defensively, they're just not that talented. People have eaten them alive. I think this is 42-3 to tied. Yeah, you know what? I, I, think, I think Alabama smokes them, but here's my concern. A&M is the only, my, my dash stat for it, A&M is the only SEC team in the last four years to not lose to Bama by 24 or more, so they tend to keep it close, and this particular A&M team tends to skeech out a late touchdown to make things look closer than they were. Now, can they do it enough to actually cover the spread? No, I'm taking Alabama to cover the spread, but I'm going to say it's going to be more like 31 to 10 than 42 to 3. Bama going with you guys i got nothing to add on that i don't, I don't think a and second i can repeat it so why is a and goes ranked? longer like who sits there it's like no idea it's no idea why they're ranked. baffling number 10 penn state giving four and a half at number 17 iowa because we are legally obligated to talk about iowa every week <laughs> every episode of this podcast <laughs> psu has hit the under it's 7 30 uh, saturday night penn state's hit the under in the last six conference games I just hope it's it's like the classic from 2004 between these two clubs Ugh. when Iowa defeated Penn State six to four. <laughs> the the <laughs> ultimate <laughs> Iowa score. The ultimate. Still one of the greatest things ever. It is. The Nittany Lions had a safety, two safeties. They got uh they got one in the first quarter and one in the fourth, and that was it. Two field goals, the first half field goals, 27 yarders did it for Iowa. They won the greatest. Big Ten football game of all time, six to four. What was the Mississippi State Auburn one like eight years ago? Was that three, three to two? two? Three to two. Yeah, yeah three, three to two. two. Yeah, yes. well, that's yes. they don't have the offense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they can't get two two field goals 
And in an ending, safety won the game, right? <laughs> a quote from Pat Joe Paterno. I don't know whether we could play much poorer than we did today. We just didn't play very well at all offensively. That is true. Jopa won a lot of games, but not that one. What is it? Penn State's given four and a half. Penn State's given four and a half. This is interesting because, like, Iowa just, you you watch this, like, four-hour infomercial for offensive ineptitude uh, against Michigan, and uh, Penn State hasn't played anyone, so we really have no feel for how good they are. That's a tough place to play. It's a perfect storm. So you know what? I'm going to take Iowa in the points. I just I just feel like Iowa can't be as bad as they were, and Penn State's not as good as they looked in College Park. Theater. I was going to agree with you, but I need to make up some ground in the race for the case. So I am taking Penn State somewhat against my will because I agree. You know what? Iowa's one of those teams that quite often will look like hot garbage and then regroup and all of a sudden play much better. And especially it's a night game. It's Kinnick Stadium. It's a big opponent. They probably will. But let's just say that the Iowa inability to handle pressure, uh, inability to block, and a quarterback, uh, Nate Stanley's inability to move, uh, comes back to get them against a good defense, and uh, Penn State wins a hideous game and covers. Oh, man, I just look back on that Penn State. When they did play Pitt, they didn't do much. Um, they've looked great in other games, and they played no one. I, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with Pat. I mean, I'm with Pete on this one. I'm going Iowa. I don't know. Man, this could be ugly. This really could be 6-4. Dare to dream. <laughs> I'll take Iowa. I'll take four and a half at home at night. What am I doing, right? Home dog at night. Take it. All right. Number seven, Florida at number five, LSU, 8 p.m. ESPN. Nice primetime game. LSU is giving 13 and a half points. LSU is averaging 54.6 points per game. Florida has given up 57 total points this season. Oh, wow. Great stat from Brandon Zimmerman. I like LSU to win. I do not like them to cover a 13 and a half. That's a lot. And this Florida team is one of those teams that, it's just going to be hard to score on them, hard to move, and I think hard to put them away, even with playing a backup quarterback, uh, Kyle Trask. So uh, Tigers win, Gators cover. You know what? I'm going to take the Tigers. You know, win by win by two touchdowns. I don't think that's. I I think that's a that's a big number, but I think with Florida's youth on the offensive line, I think the the environment at Tiger Stadium and obviously Kyle Trask got dinged up in the last game. I, I think there's going to be enough working against Florida in that environment where uh, the juggernaut, Ed O, going to cover. <laughs> LSU, I like him. So I'm going with Pete a little too much here, but I'm taking LSU at home. But you're really going opposite of Pat, and that's where the juggernaut lies. Well, that is true. That is true. <laughs> I guess yeah, you're giving me the more opportunities to come back. Look out. We're not worried. <laughs> we are not worried. Yeah. <laughs> We're rattled here. Hawaii at number 14, Boise State. Boise's giving 12 to Hawaii, 10-15 on ESPN2. It is not Pac-12 after dark, but it's probably better. Could be a very, very interesting game uh, in the Mountain West. Who went first last time? Pat? Pete, Pete, you're up. I'm going to take Hawaii to cover here. They went into Reno and just absolutely smoked Nevada two weeks ago. 12 is a big number for, you know, for two teams that are going to score a, a decent amount of points in this game. And uh, look, Hawaii's, Hawaii's beating Oregon State, who's proven to have a pulse out there. I, I think this is a, we're having a little moment of Hawaii this year. And uh, Nick Rolovich has his own beer. So if we can't pick Hawaii, who really can we pick? on this podcast in these uncertain times you must get behind <laughs> nick rolovich I, I actually i agree and i'm 
I'm with you. And the other the other dynamic here is that Hawaii had an off week, so they've they you know if they were banged up at all, they should be rested and more healed. And yeah, and they've not only beaten Oregon State, they're the only team that has beaten Arizona, believe yeah. it or not, so far. So I, I I think Boise can win, but I think uh, Hawaii can definitely cover the spread. Aloha means hello and goodbye. So I'm taking Boise. Dan, you've really given us some quality analysis on these picks today. Yeah, <laughs> bring it on, Don Ho. I'm trying to get this thing wrapped up in under an hour. <laughs> you do bloviating about every subject. It's not easy. Do your civic duty, man. Time and score. Time and score. Lock of the week. Oh, do I get to go first? I'm listed first on this. Lock of the week. I always get to go last. I'm taking my lock of the week is Notre Dame. They are playing USC at home Saturday night, 730. They're given 11 and a half. No way. They're going to trounce the Trojans. One thing about this, this series is whenever one team is up and the other team is down, they just literally curb stomp the team that's down. They, there's no mercy on this. They love beating the hell out of each other. Even if it gets bad coaches fired in the Clay Helton potential Waterloo game. Notre Dame will will blow them out. And I'm taking Notre Dame. Pat, fairly wordy analysis there, but they I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my lock of the week. I'm going to the absolute psycho schizo ACC Coastal, and lo and behold, I see that a Miami team that I think is really not good at all is get, is giving one and a half to Virginia, which might be the best team in the Coastal. Virginia's just more solid, more sound better defensively, and they will not just win the game, but they'll certainly cover the one and a half. That line is almost suspicious in, in Virginia, yeah, Miami. Isn't it? Like, uh, no, it is. Uh, it, uh. it is. So certainly it'll go wrong because Pat picked it. I am going to go out west to Utah, Oregon State, a game that's on the Pac-12 network, so none of us will be able to see it. Utah is a 13-point in Corvallis. I feel like Utah is 25 points better than Oregon State. Oregon State certainly coming off that big win. They were actually up 21-0 on UCLA before the coin flip hit the ground. <laughs> I, I do believe that that has gotten people a little chesty on the Beavers, and the Beavers have, are a pretty flawed team. I feel like Utah can just physically manhandle them, run it down their throat, and they're going to win like 28 to 3. So I'm taking the Utes and Corvallis as the lock. All right. We'll get back to all of these. Give you our how we did on uh, Monday's edition of the Overreaction edition of our podcast. Please subscribe, spread the word on social media, hit us up with any uh, tips. We'll also uh, find out who won Fat Bear Week for you. Mm. Go and, Lefty. Uh, yep. Yeah, all, all the deals. So appreciate you listening. See you on Monday.